that just when it was comfortable, it makes meditation much easier. And that's also why we have as many cushions as you can possibly get here, in order to make sure your body is comfortable. And even more than that, to go through the body, sweeping the body, to make sure the body becomes really, really comfortable. And it's even that much. You know, it's, as a monk, you don't have many pleasures in life, a cup of tea maybe when it's well made, but also you have the pleasure of just being in a body which is so relaxed, so at ease, it actually feels good. And then you take it deeper to go into a mind which is very relaxed, it's the same thing. After a while, you find how to keep the mind comfortable. So to keep the mind comfortable, we're not going to give it any more business. I'm not going to ask you to do this or achieve that or get that. Just being able to just leave the, bot the mind alone and it becomes still just like the bottle of water. Look at that water now. It's so perfectly still. And it's easy to do. I just got to make sure I leave it alone. So when we start meditating, we, we leave our mind alone, we just observe it and be kind to it. And, and after a while it calms down all by itself. I was just mentioning in the talk I gave to the monks over the, I think last Wednesday, that sometimes that and I get tired and it's maybe a hot day and I start meditating and my body aches simply because I've been doing too much. But I know what to do when the body aches, I just leave it alone. I don't try and, and alter the position. I know I'm in the best position I can possibly get in. I leave my body alone and just wait patiently. And just after a while, just like the bottle of water, my body calms down and it becomes really easy to sit there. And I say easy to sit there, it means that I don't want to do anything else. Sometimes when I first sit down to meditate, maybe the same with you, your body feels uncomfortable, it's too hot, there's too much stuff going on, and you, you feel distracted. Please, if that distraction, that um, lack of peace is at the beginning of your meditation, just leave it alone, just sit there, because the distraction, the agitation will just disappear by itself after a little while you notice it gets less and less and less of a disturbance as your body relaxes into it. And you now I've got an old body now, but even an old body, after a while it becomes very, very comfortable. And I notice that comfort as a state of ease and it's a delightful feeling. And I point that out because that's an important part of meditation, to be able to feel delighted when you're meditating. And even on the weekend, and on, on Wednesday, when I went to a diner at a, a person's house, and had a lot of kids there, it was the school holidays, and one of the kids, you know, were asking questions, and the kid comes to our Dharma school on a Sunday, and she said, every, she must be only about seven or eight years of age, she said, every time I meditate, I feel sleepy, why? And it was a wonderful question, and I said, because you're not enjoying the meditation enough. You're not putting some joy into it. And when the body becomes relaxed, you don't fall asleep because it just feels good. When your mind gets relaxed, that also feels good. You just want to keep on enjoying it. And that joy which you get out of meditation is a natural part of the meditation process. 
So when the joy starts to come up, you feel good. Please notice that, cherish that, because that's only the start of the delight and joy which comes into meditation. And soon it becomes very, very lovely, sitting there, having a wonderful time. If you're enjoying it, you never feel sleepy. The joy satisfies you. You just want it to carry on, and it does carry on, it gets deeper and deeper, you get more and more peaceful, more and more happy. And that joy gets into very great states of happiness. Uh, maybe, uh, hopefully, some of you have experienced those very joyful states of meditation when you're sitting there and you just feel so content, happy, alert. And usually, to describe how you feel in those states, often it happens that many people, especially when they're on a meditation retreat, they're happily sitting there, they know it's time for breakfast, they know it's time for lunch, they prefer just to carry on meditating. It feels nicer than having some lunch. It feels beautiful. What you're doing there, you're starting to enjoy the bliss of meditation. It's strange, but you've heard me say this, I'll repeat it again for you. The joy, most joyful states which you can experience as a human being will come from meditation, you know, the bliss states. It just doesn't suddenly appear, it just grows. You're enjoying that peace, that solitude, when nothing is disturbing you at all. And it's not just a peaceful state when nothing is happening. The awareness gets stronger, it gets more powerful, it gets more joyful, you feel more happiness. And it's like the happiness of, like, of a freedom. A freedom not having to do anything, not having to go anywhere. A freedom where there's nothing wrong which needs to be fixed. A freedom like you're just sitting there and ah, nothing needs to be done. And you're perfectly aware, enjoying just the tranquility, I mean real tranquility. I know that sometimes when people go on holiday, they go into the bush, they go into the mountains, they go by some uh, place where there's hardly any human beings at all and they can sit down and just watch the ocean. Everything is just beautiful, perfect, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing needed to be done. And that freedom from having to do something, having to think, the freedom from any business is so beautifully tranquil. Real peace, but not so much outside, the peace inside of you. And that always gives rise to some great happiness. And that delight of a still mind that really gets you into the meditation and you can go very, very deep into that. If that ever happens to you, sometimes 45 minutes is not quite enough, but sometimes it is. If you're getting into a peaceful meditation here, say this afternoon, then just don't worry about the bell, just carry on with your eyes closed and just stay in a peaceful meditation state. Why not? Enjoy it. So anyway, that's you know, what happens with the joy of the meditation. It's, a, it's like a sense of freedom. You're on a holiday, you've made it, there's nothing to do. And it's a beautiful place where you're hanging out in the peace of mind inside of you. So anyway, that's just a, a few little things. Now we can actually start the meditation. So I know many of you are sitting down already. If you wanted just to make sure 
that your meditation uh, position is comfortable, please do so, make it more comfortable. I'm going to just have a glass of water to make sure that I'm well hydrated. your eyes. And with your eyes closed and mobile phones turned off, We start with awareness on our own body. Sometimes I do something else at the beginning of my meditation, even before I start uh, being aware of my body. I just give a little um, determination, reminding myself this is my meditation time. A time I put aside for stillness, for peace not for solving any problems. Any decisions I have to make in my life, any problems I have to solve, I will consider them later, after the meditation, not now. Because right now, my mind needs to have some peace and the clarity and energy and happiness which comes from that peace. The mind needs to recharge the body deserves to relax. What I'm doing, I'm just programming my mind. So it's going to go in the correct direction. And then I start being aware of my body. How are my feet now? And I can notice a problem which I often have just, you know, my feet are squashed too tightly under my knees. So I just move my legs slightly and all oh, that, that feels so much better. And I go for my feet, make sure they're perfectly okay. Again, you become very skilled, you know, like, like a car mechanic. Or like an engineer, you can look at some part of some big machine and you know if it's working well, if it feels right. So now my feet, I can feel that they are feeling very at ease. Because I know that feeling. I know the feeling when they are tight and they need to be relaxed more. And these are the experiences which you know in your own body and which allow you to be able to relax any part of your body at any time and stay very healthy.
And so from your leg, from your feet, you move up past your ankles. How do your ankles feel? I did a bit of fidgeting on my ankles and my right ankle felt too tight. So I just moved it. If you're sitting on a chair, sometimes the only thing you can do to move is push your feet further away from the chair or tuck them closer to the chair, move them apart to find what is the best position for your feet and your ankle sitting on a chair. Even if the ankles and the feet are pretty comfortable, just caring for them and experiencing the sensations in them does help create that awareness and that care which will manage to relax the rest of your body as well. So now I move up my lower legs. My calves. And I feel really at ease. I know the feeling. So I just go up to the knees. Notice how they're feeling. If they don't feel comfortable then just move the, f the f legs so the knees feel more at ease. This is not an endurance exercise. This is a learning exercise and relaxing the body so it can basically disappear. It's not a problem. And I go past my knees to my thighs Moving my awareness up the thighs to the butt. If there's anything which I can do to make it more comfortable, I will do that. Making sure my buttocks are well balanced on top of the cushion. I can feel them, I'm aware of them. I'm checking them out, make sure they're okay as I sweep the awareness up now to my waist and that is where I usually give my back a stretch to make that comfortable. So I go to the different parts of the body, I check, adjust, when I feel everything is fine then I move on. And I go up my back making sure that's all comfortable. Go back to the bottom of my torso and I sweep up the inside of my body. The digestive tract. I had a good lunch today so my digestive tracts feel really at ease.
in the digestive tract of stomach. And if ever you find an ache or a disturbance or even pain, sometimes all you need to do is to increase your awareness, keep it there for a while, give it some kindness. Sometimes it's like you have a kid and you want to make sure they go to sleep at night. So you just stay with them, talk to them, make them feel safe. And then they calm down and they can go to sleep. Just like my own body, if I have a sore stomach, I just stay with it for a while, care for it, and it tends to relax. I've done that so many times. I know exactly how it works. You find how your body works and how you can, with mindfulness and kindness, take away so much of the reaction which causes the pain. And I keep going up my body to my lungs in my heart, in the whole body, you feel it relaxing. It gets to the shoulders, and relax those. Mindful of the arms, and the elbows, and then sweep that attention down to the wrists and hands making sure all the fingers are in a good position. I try and care for whatever I can experience in relaxing everything. Going back up to my shoulders and my neck, making sure the head is well balanced on top of the neck, and making sure the muscles around the eyes and the mouth and the nose are all at ease. Sometimes people say, how do you do that? First you have to have the awareness, the mindfulness there. And then you try this, you try that, until you learn how to relax your own body. It's a wonderful thing to know. It means you can usually go to sleep well at night. You know how to take away the physical tiredness or stress of your life. And the whole body relaxes to the max. So my face relaxes. And with it many of the emotional causes of tension also relax. Before I go to the mind, I just notice my whole body right now. I join everything up. I just notice how at ease and comfortable it feels. Everything seems to be in its right place. And if there's any extra 
kindness needs to be given to any part of your body, please do so. Because I don't usually go further until I can feel my body so at ease. And I get this delight of a relaxed body coming up in my mind. I'm aware of the body and it feels delightful. Because I know from a long experience, when the body feels delightful, it relaxes even more. And often I indulge in that. So my body is really at ease. And then I go on to relax my mind by just noticing how peaceful I am. Or, if I'm not peaceful, and I'm agitated. Which one is it? And I've also noticed what causes peace. What makes that level of peace more stable and more deep. Very simple. When you have lots of business to do, you, know, you can't be peaceful. If your body is sick or tense, that has to be dealt with first. And then you can feel peaceful. If your mind wants to be really peaceful, then you have to let go of all the past and all the future. Because peace only exists now. And as for the past, It cannot be changed or fixed. All the past can ever do is to bother you. You don't learn from the past. You learn when you understand how to let go of the past and be in this moment. And as I always say, the future is what you're what you're building right now. This is where the future, your future, is being made. So it's important to be in this present moment. And just like the body, when you relax this moment, you find that soon the present moment starts to feel delightful. It's nice being here. in a relaxed body, in a mind which is just happy to be here. And it's only when that peace is stable enough that you can go further into the silence of the mind. You're not giving words to try and describe or capture this moment. 
when the mind is peaceful, you can remember things automatically. You don't need to take notes. You don't need to try and describe experiences in words. You know them. So you start to experience the silence of the mind. All the time just relaxing the mind more and more, like you relax the body. So nothing should be tense. If the body is tight rather than relaxed, you won't get far. If the mind is tense, not relax. Also, you won't enjoy the meditation. When the mind is at, is at ease, relaxed, just like the water jar which was on the, the bench, it's now on the, on the carpet, you'll find the stillness is natural. I let the silence be. I don't hold it. I let it be. And then many of you may find you become aware of the breathing only because it's the only thing left moving. If you do enjoy the breathing, don't force it. However long an in-breath needs to be, let it be that long. See if you can notice the space between the in-breath and the out-breath. Be able to see the out-breaths, how long or short they are. And what happens when the out-breath finishes? But be careful not to do the breaths. You're just watching, as if it's watching somebody else's breath. So you don't control it at all. You just observe with kindness. And then the mind can get very, very powerful, very aware, and even more delight. I'm going to be quiet now.
getting close now to the end of the meditation. How do you feel inside? How peaceful and silent are you? And what does that peace and silence feel like? How does your body feel? Often when I come out of meditation, the body feels so comfortable. So it is. I'm now going to ring the gong three times. And that gong finishes sounding for the third time. Please open your eyes to come out from the meditation. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I was talking to somebody, I think yesterday, about how long to do the guidance, whether to do long guidance and then a very short period of silence, or the other way around, just very short guidance and a long period of silence. So today we did a much longer period of silence I skipped through the guidance very quickly. I enjoyed it. It allows the mind to get very peaceful. And one of the things which happens, it may have not happened to you yet, but it does happen, that soon you see these beautiful lights in your mind. We call them limiters. 
and they become just so really joyful. You're having a wonderful time. So hopefully that will happen to you one of these days. You get so peaceful, so joyful. It's a natural phenomena. It's like there's a beautiful light in your mind. It shows the energy is really building up. So anyway, uh, we now usually have the um, questions and answers. Again, first of all, anyone here would like to ask a question? Okay, we'll see what's here from overseas then, or interstate. You notice that many people, they do um, tune into this talk. Here we go. First one. Okay. I don't know if this is really a meditation question, but anyway, here we are. I have very intense feelings of longing and sadness for my ex-girlfriend. Broke up five months ago. My peers tell me not to get back with her, but I miss her a lot. How can I navigate this? Thank you. The problem, of course, when your happiness involves something else, or someone else, maybe your ex-girlfriend doesn't want to get back with you, and you want to get back with her. And a long time, for many times, that longing, that wanting, that is what causes, again, your sadness and distress. There's one little saying which I'm going to share with this person, and that is the saying that when I was in Singapore, somebody asked me very quickly, only a few minutes, can you please describe you know, what suffering is? And so I said that suffering is asking from this world something it can never give you. And that's like in the relationships. It becomes very fortunate if you find a person who you share your likes with and who's wise enough to understand that no boy will be perfect, no girl will be perfect, but you're good enough and you can understand and share each other and share each other's imperfections as well as strengths. But it's a very difficult thing to do because when you start relationships, you hide so much. But anyway, I'm not quite sure what the background is. But if you have an ex-girlfriend, you broke up five months ago, that's a, quite a long time now. Sometimes you can find another girlfriend, right, and maybe you learn from your past experiences. When I used to run um, youth groups, I always would say you can't really know what love is until you've had your heart broken. Otherwise you're living in a dream of a perfection which doesn't exist in this world. Yeah, you miss her because that's because you've just been focusing on that too much instead of focusing on the past, focusing on the future. Remember, when you focus on the past, it's like fantasizing. 
when you're fantasizing, it's your, you can be the hero because it's like a dream, you make it up. In real life, you know, there is lots of problems. So when you are more real, real to the truth of relationships, and then you're not just focusing on a fantasy or a dream, but on reality, then it's much easier to let people go. They're not perfect. You're not perfect. So in order to get wise, so you don't get hurt again, be more wise, realize that whatever relationship you start will never last forever, it's temporary. Sometimes it lasts 20, 30, 40 years, sometimes 20, 30 days, but no relationship is forever. In other words, before you commit to buying your new vehicle, make sure you read about its dangers and difficulties and what you can expect out of it. Anyway, that's more like a Dhamma question than a meditation question. And this one is from Canada. What is the easiest way to stop procrastinating? And of course, you can tell the joke, put off procrastination until tomorrow. I tend to waste my days on the internet. I tried meditation, but it only helps momentarily. And that is, you know, sometimes that people have come on meditation retreats, and in the old days in Jhana Grove, the internet connection was so terrible it was wonderful, people couldn't actually get on the internet. In other places, and because the internet is much better at China Grove now, sometimes the only thing you can do is actually to, you know, don't bring a device with you when you come on retreat. Or if you do bring one, give it to me and I'll look after it for you until the end of the retreat. You know, the first time you do that, you give up your um, tablet or iPhone, you feel like very uncomfortable. But, after a few days, you realize how wonderful it was, you know, to be free from having this um, thing. There was a little cartoon I saw which summed it up very beautifully. And it was like these two iPhones were talking to each other. And they said, you know, my owner you know, thinks she owns me. She doesn't, I own her. And you, know, you can understand that, the internet do, does own you. And when you realize that, you know, you've got a problem there. So make use of it, but don't be owned by it. And if you are coming to things like a retreat, people say, well, what happens if something goes wrong? Well, tell them they can call the retreat manager, and if it's something serious, they will call you. And from Germany, Okay, this is a meditation question. Please define one-pointedness without concentration. How can I avoid drifting off in talks and meditation? Why am I aware that I drift off? Can I stop it and stay with my object? Of course you can. And what happens is you're enjoying what you're experiencing. Sometimes people say they can only meditate for, say, an hour, 
But if you watch a movie or a football match or something you really enjoy, you can watch that without drifting off for a long time. Why? It's because the movie or the sports match or whatever is entertaining you. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I try and tell jokes every now and again. Just to make you not drift off. You have to wait <laughs> to hear the next joke. And this is, is there anyone from India here today? Excellent. Because we had a few guests from India at Monastery a couple of days ago. I told this one last night. But it was the one about the telecommunications conference. A big telecommunications conference. And the first person presenting was from the UK. And he said, we've kept this secret, but I wish to announce now that when we've been doing excavations under London, we found all these old um, brass wires. And it just proves, you know, because this is, you know, they're all over the place in London, that London had uh, telecommunications before anybody else. And then the French came up and said, no, we were keeping this a secret, but now the English have let us let on. We've also been doing excavations under Paris, and we find many uh, copper wires under Paris. And the copper was used before brass, if I get that right. And so it's obvious that uh, France had telecommunications before the British did. And then the Americans got up and said, no, we've been doing some excavations under New York and we found iron wires under the city, ancient. So we've had telecommunications before anyone in Europe did. And then the African expert got up, sorry, not the African, the uh, Indian expert came up to the podium and said, actually, we've been doing excavations under Delhi and under Mumbai, and we've not found any wires at all, which proves that India had wireless communications before <laughs> any of you. <laughs> a bit of a joke, but anyway. <clears throat> but how can you avoid drifting off in talks and meditation? First of all, a simple solution, very practical, but it's true that make sure you have enough sleep. First of all, in our modern age, people have a sleep deficit. They come on retreats or they start meditating, they are tired. And when they really let go, their brain takes the opportunity to doze off. But if you are energized, you've had enough rest, and you don't doze off with meditation. And of course, number two is you make the meditation joyful. And how do you make it joyful? I already mentioned when you start meditation, you're aware of your body and it feels delightful. Sometimes people don't even start to, or they feel some delight, they think there must be something wrong, you're enjoying it. You're meant to enjoy meditation. And one way of getting that delight in your meditation, even when you start, is we're using things, and I can see that Aurora has a couple there. Could you hold it up? 
teddy bears. <laughs> now honestly, that first happened when I taught a retreat over in Hong Kong. This young man brought two teddy bears and people would meditate with them. And they had much better meditation because it allowed the body to relax and feel joyful. They were soft, not threatening, comforting. And from that time, if any of you ever go to Jhana Grove, you see that we have so many teddy bears in Jhana Grove. We started only with two. I don't know what those teddy bears were doing overnight, but we've got so many there now. <laughs> but you try putting one on your lap and meditating with them, it gives you a sense of comfort and joy, which means you don't get so bored and sleepy. So then, uh, you get to a certain stage in meditation, the body feels delightful, then the mind starts to feel delightful. When the mind starts to feel delightful, there's no way you can feel sleepy. You're energized, you're focused. And then the one-pointedness, which they're talking about here from Germany, that is not an accurate translation of the word agata. The word agga, in the middle of that compound, is a Pali term, is the same as the word in Sanskrit called agra. Many of you have been to the city of Agra. It was the capital of the Mughal Empire in India at that time. It's not just one pointedness, it's one peak, one summit of awareness. And how it gets to that summit of awareness is the mind just focuses on, you know, on these things I mentioned earlier about nimittas, or even deeper than that. It goes into this and it's so beautiful that nothing can disturb you. You had a big peak of mind and nothing can come in because it's so enjoyable. It's not quite the same, but many of you may have, and especially any women here, husbands, husbands back at home, he may be just watching sort of the news or watching a football match, a footy match, and you tell him, now darling, dinner's ready, and he doesn't even move. He's not ignoring you, he can't hear you. He's gone to a state of one-pointedness of mind on the football. <laughs> and I think you've seen that, and you can recognize what I'm talking about. And that's actually what happens in meditation. You get so locked in the joy of this meditation, especially with things like nimittas or deep in the jhanas, you just, you can't hear anybody. You're centered in this one peak of blissful joy inside the mind. And concentration, I never like that word simply because if concentration was the right translation, then we'd be coming to concentration camps on a Saturday afternoon. Or especially Jarnagrove, our retreat center would be a concentration camp. So we don't call it concentration. The word samadhi translates as stillness. And if you feel that word stillness, understand what that means. It's the stillness makes you one-pointed, not concentration. You're so still, you're not moving. And that stillness occurs when you let go of everything else. Just like the water is still. Did that water become still by concentrating it? or just by putting it in a safe place and leaving it alone. 
letting it be. And that is the way we become still, letting it be. Ajahn Chah, his famous simile, was a leaf on a tree, only moves because of the wind. When the wind stops, the leaf keeps moving, but less and less and less, until if the, the wind stops for long enough, the leaf becomes perfectly still, all by itself. You don't have to hold it still. Its natural state is stillness. It only moves because something outside is disturbing it. And that's the nature of your mind. It only moves because something outside of it, you're wanting, aiming for something, trying to get somewhere. That is what disturbs the natural stillness of your mind. If you let it go, put it down, leave it alone, it becomes still all by itself. Not through concentration, but through stillness. It may be at first when you start meditating you get tired, but after a while you realize that's just a low energy state. And to overcome that and create the, the high energy states, leave it alone. Be still, and the mind energizes and energizes and energizes. And you become really, really aware. So that was a nice, good question on meditation. <laughs> Thank you. It's much better than the questions about girlfriends and procrastinating. <laughs> but you know, you ask for questions, so anyone. You have a question from here? Anyone from here wants to ask a question? Uh, it's not a question, it's more an announcement. Yes, please do. It's that um, at five o'clock we have the Kalyana Friendship Community Meeting. Um, that sounded very formal, but it's not. So basically, it's a space where people can come together and this evening we're going to sit down and have a good chat to Venerable Rahula, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so if you've got any burning Dharma questions or, um, you know, it could be deep chats, happy chats, whatever chats. It's just about creating spaces to, to make friends. So I'm going to go across to the kitchen and boil up a big pot of chai tea and I've got some treats to go with it. And yeah, please stay. It'd be wonderful. That's KFC. Ajahn Brahm, KFC. Yeah, I made But we're up. not frying anyone. <laughs> I made up that name. But anyway, just, it's a nice name, people can recognise it. So it's KFC for the Buddhist Society of Western Australia. Okay, excellent. Is there any questions here? It's, it's 20 past, so I think it should be about time to go. And there's, oh, there's one more question over there. Okay. Hi, it does relate to, th to things you've already been speaking about, yeah. but my question was about sleepiness and what to do about it. Yeah. When you say with just leaving something, and it will become still, leave it alone, if I do that I might fall asleep. Is that okay? You that's, just, of course it's that's okay. That's what happens, and then you just start yeah. again? A lot of times, you know, I've been meditating for you know, over 50 years, 60 years, and when I had that sleepiness I would try and fight it. And it would actually, most times, that the sleepiness would win. And I realized I was low energy. And when I was fighting, whatever energy I had, I was wasting it. And then I learned how just to leave it alone, let it be. Yeah, my head would go down, 
but I had enough mindfulness to see there was a little bit of awareness there, but not much. And when I let it be and stop being, um, especially not being ashamed of being sleepy as a young monk, then my head would just start to rise up by itself. Your energy would start to come back when you weren't wasting it through fighting. And when it started coming back, it was energized but not restless. When I fought sleepiness, the sleepiness would sometimes be overcome but be replaced by restlessness. So I had to calm my mind down and you fall asleep again. It was like two ends of a pendulum. Restlessness or sleepiness. And you couldn't find that middle where you were aware without being restless. And I found a way to do that. Let, rest, let sleepiness be. And you soon get energized out of sleepiness into awareness. That's the best way. That's not just me, that's how it works. Yes? Can you use meditation to stop anxiousness? Stop anxiousness? Was that anxiousness? Okay, yes, you can, of course. You now, I have to do so many things, but I'm not anxious. And even sometimes when you have to. Oh, you know one of the most anxious things which I sh well, it should be anxious when you go on live TV I remember once going I think it was channel 7 or something and they have their studios up in Dianella somewhere so I went over there you know what happened before I went on TV for an interview, live interview you had to go in the makeup room first as a monk I said, do I have to? They said, yes. Unfortunately, Ajahn Brahmadi was with me and he was pointing at me and laughing at me all the time. <laughs> well, I'm glad I caused some joy. But then when you go in, you have the TV there in this dark room and you don't see anybody there because the questions are coming uh, all the way, I think, from Sydney or somewhere. So anyway, live interviews, if you just say one thing wrong or you do something like put your finger in your ear and scratch it or something that's what gets highlighted on the TV so that is scary but you don't mind, you just relax and enjoy yourself so when you meditate you can overcome anxiety big time very good, thank you Sophia you're much more brave than your parents. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's now pay respects to the Buddha, Dhamma and the Sangha and then we can go and do what we need to do next.
Very good.